Welcome back to Make It Make Sense with Tommy Sojourner Campbell. In this episode, we're going to be looking at healthcare advocacy. But before I continue, I would like to give a special thank you, a shout out to Black, African, and Caribbean descent nurses and healthcare professionals across Ontario, across Canada, and the, and the globe for all their contributions and support that they give on an, on an ongoing basis to ensuring that there is culturally appropriate, culturally um, responsive healthcare to the people in their communities. Uh, I particularly want to recognize uh, my late mother, Bernie Imogen Dawkins, who was a maternal health nurse, as well as a public health nurse. Back in the time before the Ontario Human Rights Code existed, she started her nursing practice when she was 18, getting training in Jamaica and Kingston, Jamaica. She then made her way to England, uh, where she continued her training. And in the 1950s, came to Toronto, and she was one of the first um, midwives in Toronto, in Ontario. And so I want to give a special recognition to my late mother, uh, as well as my late aunt, who worked tirelessly in Jamaica um, at the University of Kingston Hospital. And she was the director of patient services. And her name was Merle Docking. So I want to recognize the legacies in which I come from in terms of so many healthcare practitioners and professionals in my life, both on the ancestral plane, as well as um, folks who are with us in uh, my day-to-day journey. I have a number of cousins who work as doctors, as well as epidemiologists and nurses. And so it's, it's, it's a moment for me to just recognize and to thank them and to thank everybody else who does this work, uh, often thankless work. And uh, and I know that the healthcare system, at least in Ontario, is really struggling to provide supports. And so I wanted to just give a little bit of thought around what I think it would be helpful for, for healthcare providers to consider. There are things you can do in order to develop more culturally appropriate, culturally responsive approaches to providing healthcare, for example, to patients who self-identify as either Black, African, or Caribbean descent, who are also members of the two SLGBTQ plus communities. One of the things that can be done is creating, uh, during the patient intake process, questions about the impact of systemic discrimination and trauma on their current health outcomes whether that person is living with chronic illness, uh, they may have to go in for some medical treatment or they may have to go in for imaging. I think asking about trauma is very helpful to inform the the healthcare provider with insights and information, perhaps about what that person needs. Ask them if if they're dealing with, you know, the day-to-day fatigue of anti-Black racism and the trauma experiences, then there may be ways in which you can deliver the services um, that would be responsive to their needs and the needs of the people who are working to provide those services. So one of the suggestions that I have is developing a patient care approach that uses an intersectional anti-racism and anti-oppression and trauma-informed lens. So if, if you're thinking about providing services, you're going to ask your your patients exactly what they might need um, in real time, whether it's someone going in, again, from who might be a member of the Black uh, African descent communities, who is also a member of the 2SLGBTQ community and may have had 
uh, trauma-related responses to receiving inappropriate medical care or feeling medical or health care neglect, there may have to be a, a different way to deliver the services. But having uh, patient involvement and engagement directly would be helpful. In Ontario, we very rarely see resources that are allocated towards contemplating what those patients might need who are from particular historically marginalized communities, unless they're specialized services. And so I think from a, a holistic framework and looking forward into the future, there needs to be more patient engagement and certainly in patient advocacy. The second thing that I would suggest as a healthcare user, there are a number of things that you can do. Uh, I'm speaking particularly to communities who have experienced trauma within the patient care system, within the healthcare system. One of the things that I do as a part of my own practice to accessing healthcare and, and moving through my own fears is actually creating a community of support. So if you have friends, family, colleagues, uh, even you know, in terms of having acquaintances where you can talk through some of your fears about why you might not be going to your family doctor or going for those tests or scopes, uh, it's time that, that uh, however you can do it. It's to take care of your your own journey, but know that you are deserving of all those services uh, and that are culturally responsive to your needs. And creating, you know, from a healthcare advocacy perspective, uh, perhaps if somebody in your community, a friend or a, a neighbor even, who can go with you to your appointments and move with you as you go through that process to, to self-advocate, to get the care that you need. I know that there is an ongoing uh, conversations that are happening within the 2SLGBTQ communities around uh, getting responsive, culturally responsive services. I think it's it needs to be more at the community healthcare provision level, at the family doctor level, in terms of making sure that you're able to access, for example, when I go into a clinic, my first name is Tomi, my second name is Elizabeth, and I have healthcare providers who are uncomfortable saying Tomi because they might think that they might try, they're trying to figure out gender and gender identity markers on, on my name and they instead say Elizabeth. So they call for Elizabeth. I'm not paying attention because I'm actually paying attention to my name, Tomi, uh, and then I might miss my appointment. So I think it would be, you know, very helpful if healthcare providers speak to, to their teams or administrative teams um, and to to work through perhaps gender bias and bias around gender expression um, and uh, identifying names and, and having those conversations so that there is a smoother process of patient care and patient delivery. The last thing I'll say about this, as we look to the future and we're engaging in conversations, I know in the communities that I'm a part of and certainly in the mainstream media, I hear a lot about patient care, patient advocacy, I would love to see uh, ho major hospitals that are providing services or those who are going to be providing services that are outside the hospital setting really put some thought into developing patient advocates to go into surgical procedures who have an analysis and awareness of how trauma lives and moves through one's body, how anti-racism and anti-oppression practices as one approach can be used 
to ensure that patients get the best care that they need in the moment. Because for those of us who often access healthcare facilities, we may be in need of particular services and a conversation, some empathy. And uh, sadly, in my experience in my several decades on this planet, I've seen all kinds of uh, interactions with patients. But I will say that there, I've had some fantastic services provided to me by uh, people in the front line, nurses, doctors, healthcare practitioners, technical folks who are working, drawing blood. So there are many models of how people operate. I would just love to see some formalization around uh, these advocate uh, positions. I know we're now having deeper conversations about ensuring that people are treated as a whole person um, rather than, you know, uh, have it siloed. So I just hope some of those interventions will come into the the conversations that are happening at the, the round tables where many of us have not either been invited or we are not a part of those day-to-day uh, decision-making processes that in fact lead to uh, changes, systemic changes within the healthcare system. So on that note, I would like to say thank you so much for listening. Um, I would love to hear from individuals on how you move through your fears to access healthcare, particularly if you are living more at the margins and you're unsure or you compromise your health uh, because of fear of negative uh, interactions with healthcare professionals, or you've had that experience and you don't feel a sense of trust. I would uh, I would love to hear from you what your strategies are to move through those fears. And I, we can share strategies and, and uh, certainly there's a, a lot of community-based organizations and smaller groups that are doing a lot of work on healthcare advocacy. You can always reach me at info at tomisojourner.com. It'll be in the description. And until next time, thank you for listening to Make It Make Sense with Tommy Sojourner Campbell.